0: Warning. Censorship. Warning. Censorship.
1: Warning. Censorship. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, oh, my co-host. Folks, if she were a movie, she'd be a summer blockbuster. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How are you doing, Sheila?
0: I'm doing great, David. I just want to warn everybody who is tuning into the live stream today that you might hear some banging, clanging, hammering uh, construction equipment noises in the background. And my husband and my daughter are building a machine shed So um, there's noises related to that, and I I don't wanna stop them because they have to work when the weather's nice. Uh,
1: Well, you know, Sheila, thank you for, yet again, making me feel like so less of a man. I can't build anything. And here you have not only your husband, but your daughter putting up some structure. I mean, I go into the home hardware store. It's like Dracula walking into a a garlic factory. (laughs) It's like, get me out of here. Can anything fit on the back? of the pickup pre-built you know so that's fantastic that not only is your husband skilled but your uh, your amazing daughter also but uh, there you go
0: <laughs> you know it's funny I, we were talking in the company slack channel yesterday and a yankee's like yeah I, I can't do that i'm like you know what though my <laughs> daughter couldn't do journalism she can't do that so you know everybody's got their talents my husband doesn't look great in a fedora David, you do. Everybody's got their thing.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for trying to heal my uh, fragile ego here, Sheila. But I would trade the Fedora in journalism to have the skills to build anything or fix anything skills, in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know? That's real work. That's the real deal, you know. But uh, in any event, Sheila, uh, it's around this time that you tell the folks the ostensible policy reason for this next 58 minutes of live broadcasting
0: oh no it's not normally around this time usually it's about 15 (laughs) minutes from now when we figure out what we're actually getting paid to do here today
1: you know Um, i'm just trying to keep on track because i'm looking at our topic list and holy smokes it's a long one today
0: yeah you know that margaret she is sure a slave driver she was just throwing (laughs) stuff into the live stream um you got to talk about this you got to talk about that so let's Get to let me explain what we're doing here. This is a Rebel News daily live stream used to just be on Friday, hosted by Ezra. Now it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, hosted by Ezra, and Tuesdays and Thursdays, hosted by myself and my friend, colleague, one of the best people on the planet, David Menzies. Oh, so
1: nice.
0: And it gives us a chance to interact with each other, which is fun because I don't work in the office, so it. I like the camaraderie, um, but it also gives us a chance to interact with our viewers at home because during the pandemic, well, a lot and the pandemic's over here in Alberta. It's a nothing burger. But, uh, you know, in Ontario, those the doctatorship is holding on for dear life and they don't want this thing to end. So some of you are still at home, like some of you are still working from home. So um, this is a great chance for you to catch up on the news of the day with your favorite Rebels if I say so myself. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we used to just be on YouTube. Um, however, YouTube went full evil in the last year. But, you know, the the inklings of full evil have been, you know, rearing its ugly head um, probably for the last four or five years since Trump won. So they completely demonetized us. It cut a $400,000 hole right out of the middle of our company. But they don't want us there which is one of the reasons I insist that we stay there, just for spite. Um, (laughs) And we have 1.5 million viewers on YouTube that we don't want to abandon. However, if you are there watching us on YouTube, can I suggest that you take the off-ramp to a platform that doesn't care about your politics, um, just wants your eyeballs and nothing else, Um, like Rumble, where we are streaming right now, and over on Odyssey, um, and on Odyssey, there's a couple different ways to support the work that we do. You can leave us a hyper chat um, and you can leave us a tip as a creator. And you can do both of those using Odyssey's library cryptocurrency. And this is the portion of the show where I say, <laughs> What's a cryptocurrency? Am- um, <laughs> or you could support us by throwing some regular old fiat currency our way. And you can also support us on SuperU, which is another great free speech platform. And these new platforms are really responsive to the creator. If there's something we think is missing on their platform, they do their best to address that and add it to the platform for us. And over on SuperU, you can also tip us as the creator using regular old money. Um, I I think it might just be in U.S. currency, but You know what? You guys are smart. You'll figure out the exchange rate, and um, that those are some ways where you can watch us and support the work that we do, and support these up and coming platforms that really don't care about your politics. And I think that's really important.
1: You know, and speaking of politics, Jill, I know this isn't on the list, and I'm just you know, but I'd like to briefly address it. You're mentioning how things have opened up again in Alberta. Thank goodness. Uh, Here in Ontario, we're crawling back to normalcy. But the thing is. It is just amazing to witness, but not surprising, how the leftist progressive media is already attacking Doug Ford, because next year is an election year in Ontario, in terms of rushing the openings, in terms of kids going back to school, in terms of not committing to a vaccine passport. And Doug is kind of like, he has the face right now of someone that just smoked a cigar that exploded in his mouth. <laughs> it's like, what? I, I've been kowtowing I've to you guys for years now, right? You yeah. know, Sheila, isn't it amazing that uh, we saw, we all saw this coming, except of course for Doug and his war room? That these people that you are bending the knee to, and catering to, and cow towing to in all these press conferences, while shutting us out, not even answering questions by yeah. email anymore, and they're already they smell blood in the water uh, to sure. get rid of a progressive conservative government. Isn't it just amazing, Sheila? They never learn.
0: There's a lesson there that they will absolutely never learn. Never learn it. Um, and it's funny because they're talking about Alberta the same way they talk about Alberta when we uh, privatize liquor sales. Like they're talking about us like it's there's a catastrophe unfolding <laughs> here and our case counts are rising. And you know what? You're not going to know if those case counts are rising after the 16th. I think it is because that's when we stop counting uh, asymptomatic cases and we only start counting or even testing people, um, if you need hospitalization, that's when we're going to figure out if you have the coronavirus, because it's not this dangerous disease anymore. We're treating it like an endemic, like the seasonal flu. And if you get the seasonal flu, you don't run off and get tested for the seasonal flu. You're just like, well, I'm sick. I'll take the day off work and we'll figure it out later. There's no There are going to be no isolation and quarantine measures here if you're like a if you are someone who has it, if you're someone who's been exposed to someone who has it, we don't care anymore. And so the uh, daily case count necromancy is finally coming to an end. And the doctatorship, they are beside themselves. They are rallying in parks in Edmonton and Calgary saying, no, 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 we have to continue the testing, <laughs> even though it literally doesn't matter because. Nobody's in the hospital anymore or Who's almost rowing? nobody's who in the Who are these
1: ho- people, Sheila? Public sector
0: union workers. <laughs> always. Always because they're the ones who can get time off work to do this kind of stuff. It's always oh. them. They have been treated like effing royalty this whole time. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that I did my best not to swear there because it was coming. It was like right there. But they have been treated like royalty this whole time. They've been treated, they've been, you know, people have banged pots and pans to celebrate them. They've been getting raises upon raises. They're essential workers. They got into Costco before everybody else. They are special open hours in certain stores for them. They've done well during this pandemic, while everybody else suffered. And now they're out there rallying for the extension of the pandemic, because while they say, oh, we don't want more restrictions, what do you think your constant case counts lead to? Yeah, you're, you know, that's the end goal here. So, you know, I can see three steps down the road. I'm not stupid. And yeah, they're out there wanting more restrictions while everybody else is looking at us saying, "Boy, I wish we were like Alberta. Our public sector unions say we want more, more, more.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, the biggest of the big, uh, the Costcos, the Walmarts, business as usual, actually business not as usual, it's extraordinary uh, when you shut down the competition, and other places where people congregate, oh, such as churches uh, get seized, fenced off, locks changed under threat of contempt of court if you go into your own place of worship. Absolutely appalling, and I guess that's a segue. We have a couple uh, of uh, church stories, and I think...
0: Yeah, we just have breaking news. So we oh. have to sort of throw throw the the plan in the garbage a I, little bit. We need yeah, to react here because we course. have
1: breaking news. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Breaking. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo resigns amid a barrage of sexual harassment allegations a year after he was hailed for his leadership during the darkest days of COVID-19. Oh, you can tell that's an Associated Press uh, story because yeah. his leadership, he... He killed people. He was putting... Uh, he That is outrageous in terms of how he managed the elderly and those th- that were sick. Uh, he was um, a one-man super spreader event. And yeah, I know uh, this time last year, they were talking about, I think, Sheila Robert De Niro playing <laughs> Andrew Cuomo in a, some sort of made-for-TV movie. I think those uh, uh, plans have been scuttled because... Holy 2019. Me too is back from the dead, Sheila. And uh, he, uh, he is gone. I have to admit, I got this wrong. I was talking to Lady Menzoid. She said, when do you think he's going to resign? I go, I know these Como types. He's going to have to be dragged out of office. He's going to continually deny, deny, deny. Uh, I'm surprised. I guess The pressure was such that even his own inner circle was leaving. So you had um, Patrick Brown circa January 2018, um, you know, doing a one-man press conference crying about his alleged uh, sexual allegations. And there was zero people around Patrick Brown. So um, another one bites the dust, eh, Sheila? Uh,
0: You know, I think Ben Shapiro said it best. He was on... um Oh, gosh, I forget. He was on Fox News the other day anyways, and he said Andrew Cuomo came to grab ass and kill the elderly, and he's all out of the elderly. Um, and that really some summarized like the last two years of Andrew Cuomo. He, uh, he should have been forced to resign for all the dead people on his exactly. watch.
1: Exactly.
0: That's what should have happened here. But for the left... Dead elderly, that's just fine. People's grandparents dying alone um, unnecessarily because Cuomo has shipped off COVID patients to uh, retirement homes, extended care facilities. He did that. But that wasn't what, you know, sealed the deal for Cuomo. It was the Me Too movement. That is, that seems to be the most powerful thing in Democrat politics right now is, uh, women's harassment. And don't get me wrong, both are important. But as a woman, on the scale of things that are really important in the world, killing people's grandparents are more important than me being sexually harassed. It just is.
1: And and you know, Sheila, I'm so furious about that lead in the AP story, um, because it didn't have the necessary add-on of what we're talking about, how Yes, he was hailed as a hero a year ago when we didn't know better. You know, uh, we were thinking COVID was the second coming of Ebola, if you believe some of the hype. But now that we know by shipping elderly people, you know, uh, from what you just described, um, he was no hero. Uh, he was an executioner. Why isn't that in the lead of the story? Because I agree, as odious as sexual harassment is, it takes a backseat. killing grandma and grandpa uh, thanks to uh, either ignorance or, you know, who knows what his administration was thinking. I'm really upset that there's still this nugget of what a great guy he was, at least last year, when the opposite is true.
0: Well, and I think the underlying reason for sending COVID patients to homes that house the elderly and the infirm was so that he didn't have to take help from President Trump. There was the hospital ship that was sitting in the harbour that went unused. There was the uh, temporary hospital in the conference centre that went largely unused. There were other means for Governor Cuomo to deal with the COVID outbreak in his state. Absolutely. But that would have involved taking help from President Trump. And so he didn't, and so elderly died.
1: Indeed, going back more than a year, Sheila, I remember the big um, issue of lack of ventilators in New York State, and that being blamed on Trump when, if you dig deep, it was New York refusing to use in their budget to buy those ventilators when they should have been doing it. So again, a, a, a Como-made um, disaster.
0: Yeah. And how many Democrats have to be revealed to be that which the Democrats always claimed President Trump was before they have a bit of a soul searching? President Trump was supposed to be this misogynist who abused his the women in his inner circle. I haven't heard any of the women in his inner circle who he had professional relationships with. They've all said that he treated them with the utmost respect with dignity and as though they were capable. And when you look at President Trump, who did he choose largely for his communications people? It was always women. You know, you look at Kellyanne Conway and Kaylee, or yeah, Kaylee McEnany. I forget how to say her name. I always don't know if the, what, how many N's are in her name. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like it, all the women that uh, were around him, none of them have ever accused President Trump of anything. And Cuomo... Every woman who walked within twenty feet of him has some sort of sexual allegation against the guy. but this is to use, you know, the language of the Covid pandemic. This is endemic of the Democrat Party. Um, you have to look at, uh, you know, the Clintons, Weinstein, Epstein. Yeah. This is something that the Democrats are really good at. And, you know, only, only when it gets to, the event horizon where it stands to claim, oh, you know, 20 or 30 other Democrats who had high profile relationships with the abuser, that's when they cut ties. But they let it always get to this point instead of having the uh, 0% toleration for this sort of stuff that most of us have.
1: And I can't understand these men in power, um, Sheila, okay. that you know, give unwanted advances uh, to women. I can't think of anything more humiliating, more embarrassing than engaging in that behavior. But I guess they're such egomaniacs and they think they're in such a position of power that they can get away with it. And um, wow, it really looks good on Cuomo. Now they have a movie of the week that I would tune into. But I guess those plans are scuttled. We're not going to bother with that. And I think, Mr. Producer, he, uh, he's always Johnny on the spot. He actually has a clip of Cuomo. Let's check it out. And wasting energy on
2: distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. New York tough means New York loving And I love New York, and I love you. And everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love. And I would never want to be unhelpful in any way. And I think that given the circumstances, the best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. Because I work for you and doing the right thing is doing the right thing for you. Because as we say, it's not about me, it's about we. Kathy Hochul, my Lieutenant Governor, is smart and competent. This transition must be seamless. We have a lot going on. I'm very worried about the Delta variant and so should you be. But she can come up to speed quickly, and my resignation will be effective in 14 days. To my team Melissa DeRosa, Robert Mejica, Beth Garvey, Stephanie Benton, Dana Caratanudo, Kelly Cummings, Rich Has a Party, Howard Zucker, Rick Cotton, Jano Lieber, Jack Davies, and the hundreds of dedicated.
1: Wow, Sheila. Yeah, it's not me, it's we. Actually, uh, Governor Cuomo, it's me too. He uh, forgot that part. Yeah. Why do I get the sense, Sheila? I'm watching this fake emotion. I feel like I'm on a car lot and some guy is trying to sell me a 1971 Ford Pinto.
0: I had to take one of my earbuds out when he was talking because it felt like he was also sexually assaulting my ears. <laughs> like his voice. <laughs> just drives me crazy It just gives me the creeps
1: oh Um, my goodness Sheila Gunn reads me too moment (laughs) the audible version
0: (laughs) my ears were harassed by (laughs) Governor Cuomo um you know I, I love how he's the martyr here he can kill a bunch of grandparents grope a bunch of women use his power and the power imbalance to you know sexually harass him in the workplace and he's the martyr and he's stepping down because he loves you. He just yeah. loves you so much. Um, it, while he was talking there, I wrote a note saying, "Did he molest his speechwriter?" Because I think she quit. Like I just like I don't. I, I don't even know. Like that was really poorly done. But. Um, And I liked the romper room moment at the end there where he's looking in the mirror and he's listing everybody's (laughs) names. Do you remember that old show where the lady? Oh,
1: I do.
0: And she was like, I see Peter and I see Johnny and I see Susie. And that's when he was listing the names at the end. I'm like, oh, we're doing romper room. Good. Um, And also I noticed that he he threw in the we there. And I really dislike when politicians do this because – it's like there's some sort of collective responsibility for the bad things that this guy did. Justin Trudeau does this all the time. It's a learning moment for us and some people experience some things differently. No. That lady experienced what you did to her. Like they always use this like this is a, a as a nation, this is a moment <laughs> for all of us and it's like yeah. no no no. This is about you and your bad behavior. And this has nothing to do with me or David or any of the other people that you listed at the end in your romper room moment. This is about your bad behavior. And you're having a moment of accountability. And you can't even make it a moment of accountability because you're making it a moment of of martyrdom, which is oh, gross.
1: Well said, Sheila. And you know what I thought was too cute by half? That reference to the Delta variant. He can't Ugh. ignore the COVID virus, even in this moment of his own personal resignation. It's almost as though he's saying, Sheila, you know, maybe I misbehaved, but the real monster, it's out there. That's, that's where we should be focusing our attention to, that yep. Delta variant. Oh, give me a break already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, he doesn't need to worry about the Delta variant. He already wiped out all the old people, you know, don't like uh, I don't know if someone could do worse handling the covid outbreak than Governor Cuomo. Like if you were actively trying to do a terrible job at handling the coronavirus outbreak, I don't think you would have made choices differently than Governor Cuomo. But he was too busy also, I, as it turns out, being highly distracted in other parts of his life to make good decisions, it sounds like.
1: Mm. And, and why 14 days, Sheila? Isn't that kind of a long goodbye? Yeah.
0: What's the point? Like, what are you going to accomplish <laughs> in the next 14 days? Is this like 14 days to flatten the curb of scandal? Like, is that the timeline for all of these things now?
1: Yeah, are we going to see some uh, file folders in the paper shredder? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> before he leaves those behind that that that's automatically what I assume when I hear somebody of the character of Cuomo uh saying something that he needs another 14 days to get out of office I I think this is a uh, CYA time for him as opposed to any kind of governance I mean he, he, he's a lame duck right as of right now so uh what can he do but you know what I say uh, Sheila good riddance. Um, then again, uh, given how New Yorkers vote, um, could this be uh, better the devil you know than the one you don't know? Uh, who's going to take his place?
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like, where's the Republican Party in New York on this? You oh. know, like this this is um, a scandal of international proportions. Yep. If we're if we're only talking about how he handled the pandemic and how many of the elderly died because of his decisions. This is an enormous scandal, and I know you're up against the mainstream media, but still, where are you on this issue? Like, can you name a high-profile Republican in New York?
1: You know, I have more contempt for these Republicans that are playing by the rules of Queensbury when you're dealing with Democratic street fighters. Yeah. You, you know, the, the those Republicans go, well, you know, we've got a bipartisan agreement. That should be applauded. I mean, it is pathetic uh, because this is a gift to them if they press the accelerator. And uh, it, it could be the, the basis for yet more support for a turnaround in the midterm elections. Uh, when And maybe there are more Democrats, high-profile Democrats, uh, to walk the plank too, Sheila. That's but, what I this mean, is about. That's yeah. what
0: this is about. That's why he's saying, I got to go now. And maybe that's why he has this sense of martyrdom. Because yeah. he might be actually being martyred by the party to stop the bleeding. Because I think it this could get like a little bit more... I don't want to say collateral damage because I feel like a lot of them are guilty. Collateral damage is the wrong word. But I think that this could get a lot bigger if it doesn't get ended right now.
1: Do you think, by the way, it's really neither here nor there, but do you, the way his voice was wavering there, was he trying to cry? Was he trying to tear up? Uh, he should have uh, gotten some acting advice from Patrick Brown on that file who actually got the waterworks going. But Cuomo, I think, is such a shyster that he's incapable of tears, Sheila. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know what? He's got a lot of love, or at least he did until not all that long ago from Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Um, they they really loved him. So, you know, they could have given him an acting coach because that was terrible.
1: <laughs> that was awful. That was the vibe I got. I might be wrong, but I think he was literally trying to cry. And this I think was a, so. Yeah, but I don't think this guy would even cry at the ending of Old Yeller. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> does not... I don't mean to be <laughs> gross, but I think, and I know Ezra might have brought this up on the show, but I, you know, it's one of those things that you're just like, I wish I'd ever heard my boss talking about that or knowing that about Cuomo. But I think he has nipple rings, right? Does
1: he oh, have? Oh, I heard Maybe about he that. Maybe he could have
0: yanked those and shed a tear, like <laughs> you know, as a warm up.
1: Yes, I didn't he wear a shirt and you could see the impression through the shirt or something like that, or uh, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Well, at least he didn't go purple hair. <laughs> That usually locks. That usually walks lockstep with the uh, the extreme body piercing. There ah! we go. <laughs> Yikes. No. Oh, poor Cuomo. He should have worn his man's ear that day. <laughs> yeah, say. Or is it the bro? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> We we shall carry on unless do we have some uh, uh, chats on no, that. No, I
0: think we should we should leave on that note. I think.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, here's something that I think is even more disturbing than uh, Governor Cuomo, if you can believe it, folks. It is what happened in Seattle uh, on the weekend. It is absolutely yep. shameful. Now it's a story involving anti the the footage is disturbing. I think, Sheila, what is even more disturbing without giving away the plot is the role the police played, uh, which is absolutely shameful. Um, Folks, it was Pastor Art uh, about to do a uh, a prayer service. And then those loving, mostly peaceful members of Antifa came along. Check it out. Um, So we were about to have a worship event. And uh, Antifa just rolled in
3: like an angry mob started throwing
2: flash bombs at everybody, macing everybody, rotten eggs at
1: everybody, um, black paint. Um, They threw a flash bomb into a group of
4: kids that were out there um, from like four months old to like 10. Part of a man that says, who do you think you are, you gangster, wannabe tyrant, and women, of course, because they know, I'm telling you, Adam, women stood their ground and they said, no, we're not moving. How dare you do this to us? This is our city. So we stood our ground. A lot of people gave their speeches. Of course I did as well. And we're coming back to the city next, uh, to continue. But what is shocking to me is that the police was involved, involved in this setup. It was a total setup.
1: Adam Sos here with Rebel News. You all likely know Pastor Archer Pawlowski for his resistance against COVID restrictions and his dramatic roadside arrest. He stayed open and continued to feed the poor, and for it, he was made an enemy of the public. He faced not only police and government oppression, but targeted harassment for members of his community. For the last little while, he has been touring the United States, and he's encountered very little problems, but today in Portland, Oregon, we are seeing shocking footage of an arrangement, a speaking engagement that he was set to be at, ostensibly being attacked by Antifa. We joined Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky on the phone for an update.
4: Uh, Pastor Arthur Pavlovsky, thanks for joining me. If you could give me a quick
1: update on what happened today.
4: Well, we were invited to Portland, Oregon, and the event started at 12 o'clock, and we were told to do it in a battleship memorial. But later, the police contacted the organizers, and they've told them to move just a little bit to the side of the park. And behold, they said to Antifa to come and do whatever Antifa does in that location. It was a Christian event, so it was organized by a number of churches together. I was one of the speakers. Before everything started, the Antifa dressed in black, about 25, 30 of them, started to throw firebombs on children and women. I mean, can you imagine babies in strollers, firebombs, smoke bombs, uh, tear gas, rotten eggs, and, uh, you know, the whole craziness uh, before even everything started. The police was watching this whole thing seeing what was going on, the women and children being attacked, and they've done, they done—they did absolutely nothing. Nothing. So what we did, we continued with the event in the exact location we said we would, at the Battleship Memorial. So I gave a speech over there. I'm going to publish it uh, today. And uh, other pastors were speaking as well. and. Because of the incident, we got invitation to come next week for a number of events, because, you know, that's what I love, American spirit, the patriotic spirit of, you know, fighters, resistance, um, the liberty, the, you know, uh, it's it just the heart of a man that says, who do you think you are? You gangster, wannabe tyrant and women, of course, because they know I'm telling you. Adam, women stood their ground and they said, no, we're not moving. How dare you
1: do this? You know, uh, Sheila, it is infuriating watching that video. Uh, I urge our viewers to watch the entire video because you'll see members of the assaulted congregation going up to a couple of constables in a uh, a police SUV. And um, you can't hear what the conversation is, but... It appears to me they don't give a rodent's rectum. That's just another day in Seattle. I did a Google News search. I would say this is absolutely serious front page news if you're the Seattle Times. The last time they mentioned Antifa was January 20th uh, of this year. Um, I guess it's so commonplace, the assaults, it's not even considered newsworthy uh, there anymore. I didn't see any uh, other newspaper, co- local newspaper coverage or TV uh, station coverage. Um, this is, make no mistake, um, this is a Democrat state, this is a Democrat city, and Antifa are basically the militia of the Democrat party. So you're not going to condemn them. Uh, for some reason, they think this is perfectly fine to go to, uh, people having a Christian church service and physically beat them up and pepper spray them and vandalize their equipment How appalling. How did we get to this stage, Sheila? Uh,
0: Can you hear me, David? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. Okay, Uh, yeah, if you watch the full video, it's really something to see because just seconds before the uh, people from the prayer service go to the police cruiser, like literally on the corner, you can see... They're being attacked by Antifa again with pepper spray and the cops are just sitting in their cars. They don't get out. They don't go chase Antifa. Nothing like look at what Antifa's wearing. Can you imagine in your city or my city? I don't live in a city, thank God. But I mean, in the closest city, could you imagine like the people dressed like that, like those stormtroopers there yeah. in it, coming it like marching into a park? towards innocent law-abiding people and the cops not doing anything they're coming with smoke bombs they've got pepper spray which in canada if you use that uh, it's big big problems um like look antifo is there pepper sprays them pepper sprays that guy and they run away and look where the cops are
1: Yep. Just ho-hum. I wonder if Dunkin' Donuts is still open right now. You know, Sheila, any police officer with a scintilla of detective skills has to wonder that when you see people in helmets and goggles and completely concealing their identity in black, you you know, to use the Bruce Springsteen line, uh, they're going down to the bar wearing trouble on their shirt. You, yeah. You'd think that would stand out. But my my point of view is, it's not that the cops are dumb. They know there's going to be violence. They know there's going to be vandalism. They Their political masters have told them, stand down. The Antifa are the good guys. That's what they're being told. and. I think it's a no win situation for the cops because if they apply equal force to Antifa, you know how that's going to play out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like it's equally appalling, you know, you see politicians here in Canada and the media here in Canada saying, Oh, Antifa, they're just anti-fascist. And so if you're against Antifa, then you must be a fascist by extension. And it's like, no, these guys are wearing black and beating up Christians. That feels pretty um, fascist to me. Like, I was thinking about it the other day about Portland itself. And it's like the capital of the Antifa Caliphate. Um, You know, when you look at the treatment of Christians in Portland, uh, it's like the Antifa Raqqa. Like Raqqa was the capital of the ISIS Caliphate. Right. And Portland right now is basically run by Antifa and politicians who are either enabling Antifa or scared of Antifa and the cops are doing nothing. And if you're just a law abiding citizen who wants to practice some of your constitutional rights um in the United States, God help you, because you cannot be literally a Christian in the public square in Portland, without getting pepper sprayed in the face and all your stuff wrecked. Yeah.
1: And, and Sheila, we have to unpack this in terms of the motivation, in terms of why they go after Christians, because I, I'll make a, a theory here that if that was a prayer group of Muslims in the park, Antifa is not going to do this. So is this no. about Antifa uh, associating Christianity and the Christian church with white privilege white supremacy is this about antifa taking a dim view of uh the congregants as you could see nobody was wearing masks Uh, is it about that that they like the idea of big government telling us what to do how do you uh decompartmentalize why antifa would attack these peaceful people just um embracing their constitutional rights
0: it's, I think it's the same reason why government frequently attacks Christians. Um, and, you know, we've seen with Pastor Art, we've seen with Pastor Coates, we've seen with Tim Stevens. These are men who you cannot bring them to their knees in front of the golden calf of government. You just can't. And so their morality will never come from government. It will never come from a political party. They might vote for a political party they think best aligns with their particular Christian worldview. But for them, they are governed in all things by God, by the Bible, by the word of God, by scripture. And so um, they really, if you are a big government authoritarian, the meek, mild-mannered Bible believing Christian is your worst enemy because yeah. you cannot change them. You cannot.
1: Yeah, that, that's an interesting viewpoint. And I got to tell you, Sheila, too, um, can we stop calling these thugs Antifa, which is a contraction of anti and fascist? Look at the tactics they use physical violence, pepper spray, vandalism, arson. These are not Antifa as an anti fascist, they're just fa. For fascists, these are the tactics of fascism. Yeah, these are Democrat
0: shock troops, that's all. Um, I I think, though, this is a good segue into your wonderful video with Raheel Raza. Mm. Oh, I love Raheel. I love her. She's such a voice of reason. Even just her voice in her videos. I will listen to her videos over and over because I find her voice so calm and soothing. And she takes these big, complex issues and turns them into four minutes. And it's like, yes, I get it. Perfect. And um, she's so she's
1: generous. Just- you know, she, uh, gave me my keychain uh, at Christmas yep. time. Uh, and, and whenever she comes to rebel HQ, she brings these incredible, some incredible samosas. Um, and, uh, she is just a genuine, loving person who I think wants to have wants to make the world work essentially, Sheila. Yeah. And, uh, You know, isn't it incredible? I mean, Raheel Raza is a Muslim, and here she is speaking out in defense of Christian churches, whereas our elected leaders, AWOL. Not one single elected leader was at this rally denouncing uh, the burning of uh, Christian churches, which is now more than 50.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Raheel was quoting Christian scripture in her speech. There's no better ally uh, for persecuted Christians than Rahil Raza. And I'm Correct. so glad she's on
1: our side. Well, let's take a look at some of the footage from a rainy Saturday
3: and I'm very disturbed. You know, today was a day when I had another commitment, but I decided to come here because as a Muslim, I feel it's very important for those people who are not part of the Christian faith to speak out in support of what is happening. Because I know that when, let's say, if a mosque, God forbid, was burned, the entire country would have been up in arms about Islamophobia and the politicians would all have been here and they would have been speaking. If this happens to any other community, they are there. Why is it that the Christians are sort of sidelined as though they are a minority when they're not.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to understand the narrative. You're quite right. I mean, I remember a few years ago, the hijab hoax just based on an assumption something bad happened. It was later debunked. Well, you actually had the prime minister flying into Toronto to uh, decry that. What is going on here in terms of the religion of Christianity is, I guess, fair game. And if bad things happen, oh, well, people shrug. But if these were synagogues, if these were mosques, if these were Hindu temples there'd be, uh, I I think, a royal commission struck by now.
3: Yes. You know, a place of worship is sacred. It doesn't matter which faith it belongs to. But it should be the same for all communities, for all people of faith. You know, churches are an integral, sacred part of the Christian faith. If churches are being vandalized, and we're not talking about one church, we are talking about dozens of churches, and we're talking about this over a period of time. I mean, you know that because you have... And I've been watching this and I've been burning inside that why isn't anyone doing anything about this? Why aren't they speaking about it? There are MPs and MPPs in this particular riding who should have been here speaking today. They should have shown support. Maybe we can't do anything physically but we've got to show support for our Christian brothers and sisters. They are our brothers and sisters in humanity.
1: I totally agree and Raheel I guess we have to look at the issue through the lens of the unmarked burial graves of uh, Indigenous residential students. And yet, by the same token, many of these churches that have been burnt to the ground were on Indian reserves. These were their community centres. These were places where people got married, where uh, burial ceremonies took place. They didn't want these churches burnt down, so what is fueling this arson? given that I think this is re-victimizing those in the Native community
3: It is, definitely and I don't think that there has been a deep enough investigation done to find out what is happening, it's sort of brushed aside you know, that okay, it's happening, so a church is burned, so big deal, and I want to tell you something very poignant where the hate comes in, I posted this event on Facebook, and somebody very educated, eloquent I mean, I'm not talking about, you know somebody who's not educated wrote a note, not, not a Muslim, uh, not a Christian, wrote a note saying churches are uh, you know, all funded on dirty money. I mean, something very, very nasty. And I thought to myself, this is what leads to hate. You can't make generalized statements. Yes, there have been problems with the residential schools. Yes, but these problems can be solved by dialogue. They are solved by pressuring our politicians. Burning of churches is not a solution. any problem.
1: 100% and I think one of the most profound things you know, and Sheila, here's the question I ask you and our audience. Um, where are the words of outrage from Public Safety Minister Bill Blair, from RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky, from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau? It's the three monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. In fact, actually, it's worse than ignoring it uh, because our very own Drea Humphrey last month in uh, Vancouver was trying to scrum Prime Minister Trudeau on this. Not only did he not answer uh, the question, why won't you condemn the burning of these churches, but one of Trudeau's goons manhandled uh, Drea out of the way like uh, she was some vermin uh, at at the uh, garden party. Um, This is sickening uh, on two levels. Like I said, the actual vandalism and arson and the complete silence from our elected officials.
0: Yeah, Bill Blairs too busy uh scapegoating hunters, farmers, you know, for escalating gang crime that seems to be exceeding your coronavirus deaths in Toronto for really? some reason. He's I mean that's where his focus is. He's not focusing on these um church burnings so there's another one that happened over the weekend that it, it they're becoming so yeah. frequent that it feels normalized at this point um our web team has done a really great job of documenting these things great job margaret and dave you guys don't get enough kudos um but we know how hard you work uh rcmp investigating arson at fox lake community church in northern alberta 55 kilo- f- sorry 550 kilometers north of Edmonton, the RCMP told media in a statement that emergency crews responded sometime around 10 p.m. on Saturday night after reports of fire at the Fox Lake Community Church. Um, the building is still standing but sustained significant damage to the interior, RCMP said. A fire investigator attended a scene was able to determine that the fire was, of course, deliberately set. Um, we have a petition, uh, saveourchurches.ca, to those three monkeys who don't seem to care about what's happening to Christian churches, um, to recognize the burning of churches as acts of hate and terrorism. But also, we have uh, a reward at Find the Arsonist. Uh, Is it .ca or .com, Justin? I forget which one we have there. But if somebody has information leading to the um, identity of the arsonist, Dot com thank you find the So the identity of the people who are setting these fires deliberately and committing these acts of hate and terrorism, uh, you can submit your tips at findthearsonist.com and uh, the boss man is putting up $10,000 of his own money to find the person responsible for the burning of these Christian churches, which is a heck of a lot more than the Canadian federal government is doing.
1: Oh, 100%, oh, the Canadian federal government. Let's talk about Justin Trudeau's best pal, Gerald Butts. He doesn't condone the arson, but he understands it, Sheila. Could you imagine someone in that position uh, saying, uh, well, I don't condone the burning down of that mosque, but I understand it. Um, It's cancel culture city within minutes. Uh, But evidently, uh, if it's a Christian church, fair game, absolutely despicable. I believe we have some super chats.
0: Yeah, that's like Cuomo saying, or people defending Cuomo saying, you know, I don't condone all the groping and sexual harassment <laughs> that he did. However, I understand it based on how that lady was dressed. You know?
1: Perfect. Yeah, look at that hemline. Look at that cleavage. Uh, obviously, he couldn't help himself. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, naturally, they had it coming. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to this. Oh
1: deal with this first
0: <laughs> game. <laughs> um, we've got a hyper chat of Rebecca Henderson, from Rebecca Henderson who says, Candace Owens broke on Twitter that the CDC is planning to create camps to protect people from COVID. Here's the CDC report. I think our friend Andrew Chapados is working on a story about that. So please stay tuned. Uh, we've got a super you from David's Uh Head of David, the David Menzies fan club, Annalisa says, looking mighty fine today, Menzies.
1: Oh, well, thank you, uh, Annalisa. And uh, yeah, the David Menzies fan club uh, membership won. <laughs> but, uh, but what a super fan she is. So thanks for the compliment.
0: Yeah, no, I, I feel like I look okay too, Annalisa, but that's okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You've got
1: that controlled yet wild hairstyle going out again, Sheila. <laughs>
0: I just, you know what? I'm just going with it. This is the hair God gave me, and this is the hair I'm going to have. Um, I've got a hyper chat again from Rebecca Henderson. Can you imagine the public outrage if it was Ron DeSantis who did the things Cuomo did? Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: it, <laughs> Holy. They, Sheila, they would have the live eye on his private residence you know, on the street of his private residence, all the news organizations, it would be like this ongoing crisis. You know, it'd be 24-7 coverage of this, you know, um, much like how the media acted with uh, Rob Ford, where they just camped out outside his personal residence for weeks on end as if something breaking was yep. going to emerge. Uh, how it, It's disgusting. You're absolutely right, Rebecca.
0: And to to add to that, I think a lot of the criticism would be coming from Republicans, <laughs> you know, who have some sort of standard of behavior. Yeah. Um, it's, she also goes on to say he would be forced to resign once the allocations came out and would be rightfully facing jail. Apparently, it's only OK to sexually assault people if you're on the, on the left. Yeah. Where are the so-called feminists? Oh, the so-called feminists are oogling Justin Trudeau's socks. That's what they're doing. Um, we saw this all unfold once already with Justin Trudeau making excuses for his gropy behavior, the kokanee grope, where he um, sexually harassed a female journalist uh, years ago and said that he would not have groped her if he had realized that she actually had a voice, if she had a way to fight back because she was a journalist and, the, and uh, uh, an op-ed was published later on. Um, and so he he said, "Boy, next time I'll grope some lady with, you know, without a platform to fight back." Basically, was the insinuation.
1: And that's why I got the Cuomo prediction wrong—that he, you know, would not resign. I, I thought he would do a Trudeau. Who, uh, well, I mean, the groping is is one scandal of so many to, too long to list, including blackface. But um, I thought Cuomo was you know, made from the same cloth as a Trudeau that he'll deflect, 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 resist, and uh, but apparently not. And you're right, uh, Sheila, how Trudeau survived that as, you know, uh, I, I, someone who declares himself a feminist. And by the way, is it just me, Sheila, but why is it that so many men who declare themselves a feminist, such as Dion Buse, who gave you a knuckle sandwich at a women's rally in Edmonton a few years back, why do they seem to be the most misogynistic?
0: Ah, uh, you know, me thinks the, la- the lady doth protest too much. Like, you, you know what I mean? Once somebody starts telling me they're a male feminist, my guard is immediately up. I'm walking the other way.
1: A hundred percent. I'm with you as well. Sheila.
0: You're going to get groped. You're going to get punched. Yeah. Just go the other way. Yeah. Uh, we've got a rumble chat from Chronic Bud uh, 99 says two weeks to shred the evidence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows?
1: Yeah, the Allies are marching on to Berlin in
0: 1945. Yeah. Two weeks to flatten the facts. Uh, We've got a hyper chat. (laughs) We've got a hyper chat of $1 from Aqua Skies, 3636. How many senior citizens did he kill? I don't think we'll ever fully know the extent of the seniors that were exposed and who ultimately met an untimely demise because of the actions of Governor Cuomo. But if he had an ounce of shame, he would have resigned then instead of now.
1: Yeah. And don't expect the likes of American press uh, to, uh, de- you know, d- take a deep dive into those numbers, Sheila. They're, they're still uh, talking about his heroism of last year during the uh, initial pandemic outbreak. What a, it's unbelievable.
0: You know, he was on like the daytime talk show circuit and everyone was like gushing about how he could possibly one day be the president of the United States. And,
1: <laughs> Not you now. know, like
0: he he was America's governor and like the governor boyfriend or whatever. Some of those awful TV talking head ladies they said those things and it's just like now they're all just going to pretend like we're hard of remembering and we don't remember the tongue bath you gave that guy for 18 months
1: unbelievable
0: um we've got a rumble from chronic bud 99 this was gross to see antifa and the useless cops there yeah it was gross yep uh we've got a hyper chat from history club world it seems the democrat party is in a free fall i'm not sure they're, they're pretty well protected by the mainstream media and big tech and, you know, big corporations, woke corporations. Cuomo is out for his creepiness. Newsom appears to be facing a successful recall and job loss. Biden seems to be in his old age. Yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah, at the same time, Sheila, I get a vibe uh, from my American friends that there's something in the air that I think oh, I by the so. time the midterms come along... Um, there's going to be a reality check, uh, especially as the cost of living keeps increasing, especially after you're getting Marxist progressivism shoved down your throats. And by that, I mean critical race theory being taught in schools where you have enormous number of parents coming to school board meetings demanding the end to that. I think there's something in the air that suggests some hope. Like I said, it'd be nice if so many Republicans would, you know, get a fighting spirit, you know, and get in the game. But um, I think there could be a real reality check to these Democrats uh, come the midterms.
0: Yeah, you know, we might see the needle move a little bit when some of these bad Democrat ideas start affecting Democrat families, because yep. some of Joe Biden's early dumb ideas and early decisions affected people who largely vote Republican, like the cancellation of Keystone XL. So once we see the trickle down of that sort of stuff, uh, we might see some Democrats get mugged by reality. Here's hoping, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, right off the bat, um, what what is the cost of gas now uh, since the Biden administration took place? Um, I believe it's at least one third more than at the end of uh, Trump's reign. Uh, So right off the bat, and that's not just the cost to fill your tank. It adds to all the costs of goods that get onto the shelf. I mean, even if you don't own a car and you ride your bike everywhere, when you buy that toothbrush from the pharmacy, how do you think it got on the shelf? It came off the back of a truck. So the costs keep going. And I think that's going to drive this. All these... Um, idealistic, um, uh, you know, virtue signaling policies in the name of the greater good. Once it starts hitting more and more Americans in the pocket, once you have more problem paying your mortgage, I think there's going to be a backlash, Sheila.
0: I do too. Um, we should get through some of these cause I can't stay late today because I have a fight the fines interview right oh. after we get off air, like five minutes after. So okay. I'd love to stay and talk. You know that I would, but, uh, I have sort of double booked myself. Um, but we've got a hyper chat from Barry Dutton. He says, Tamara Ugolini drove to Oshawa Stan. On Sunday for the big open air church service, Freedom Rally, at our Lakefront Park on Lake Ontario with Pastor Henry Hildebrand's congregation. It was awesome. Hugs, food, no masks. Everyone was so refreshed. A vaccine injury ceremony too. Yeah, Tamara's got a video coming up about that. So please stay tuned. she does such a good job at those rallies because that's where we found her. (laughs) Those are her her people. So it's good to just throw her back in the mix because that's how she came to us. She was just uh, an activist mom out there giving her for freedom. And we thought she's a great hire and uh, let's add her to the army of moms who work for Rebel News. Uh, We've got a hyper chat from History Club World. Do you think there's any separate way for... The people to charge the Antifa terrorists without the Portland police, I don't know, because then you have to deal with uh, Democrat prosecutors, right? Uh, Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and just the very process, um, Sheila, of History Club World is alluding to, you know, making a citizen's arrest. Look how violent these people are. What are you going to do? Look how weaponized they are.
0: Yeah, what are you going to do? And then again, like it's the United States, so their prosecutors are elected, which I like. Except for the fact that you are in a one-party state there yeah. in in Oregon, so uh, secondarily, have you tried to get this footage over to Fox News? Yeah, they they um, actually covered it extensively. Harris Faulkner did the other day. Um, finally, now follow History Club World on Instagram. You know what? Good for you. Good hustle. We got a rumble chat from Joyful from the Heart. Uh, this woman, Raheel, is a breath of fresh air. Isn't she great? She's just great. Um, her videos for us are so good, too. Um, we've got a hyper chat from Rebecca Henderson. I would love to see the public outrage if Trump responded the same way Biden did to Cuomo's habit of sexually harassing, assaulting women. It's OK for Biden to not step in and do something. But if it was Trump, he would have been attacked and riots would break out everywhere. Shout out to Justin. Not just attacked, uh, the Women's March. Oh, sorry, Justin. I almost forgot because people have get, have stopped doing that. Um, but the Women's March as as an entity rose out of, Democrat activists thinking that Trump was exactly like Cuomo. They were yeah. marching in the streets, hundreds of thousands of them with their male feminist allies, all these cat ladies wearing ridiculous hats. And and um, I don't know. I, I don't even know what they were marching for, because uh, if there were a reason for a women's march, um, it seems like there's a lot of underlying misogyny in the Democrat Party that they can allow somebody like Governor Cuomo to get away with this for so long. So very long, don't tell me they all didn't know. Um, But there's no marches for the women in in, uh, New York. No, and
1: and I mean, Sheila, too, um, Joe Biden, as if he can take the moral high ground on this issue, (laughs) given all the allegations against him. Yeah, Uh, and and where's the outrage there?
0: Uh, You know what? If you are a, uh, if you're going to get groped, ladies, make sure it's done by a Republican, then maybe someone will care. (laughs) You know, that's the moral of the story here. It's 11 o'clock, or 1 where you're at, by the way. So I think we're all caught up and done.
1: (laughs) Well, there you go. Uh, Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to all those that made a donation. We really appreciate that. Uh, Mr. Producer behind the board, Johnny on the spot, as always. My lovely Mm co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed. I'm David Menzies, signing off. We'll see you again, uh, Sheila and I, on Thursday. The big boss man, Ezra, he's back in this spot at this time tomorrow. No, he's not, I've just been told, because he's so darn busy. Uh, There'll be somebody else here, but you'll get full market value. Um, In the meantime, stay sane.